Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast on a Tuesday. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees suck. I've been waiting all weekend to do this podcast. I'm sure Thomas has too. I can't wait. Give us a half hour. Hell, give us two hours. Let's go. More of the same. The worst series in a decade against the Detroit Tigers. Justin Wilson and Aaron Boone teamed up to ruin the momentum of the entire season, and we're now reaping the rewards. If you're a masochist or a Red Sox fan, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be happy to answer it, although if the question is why is every single offensive player on the Yankees performing worse than they ever have in the past, can't answer that one. Wish I could. Fire Marcus Thames. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. We held off on doing this on Memorial Day Monday. I hope everybody had a relaxing day. The sun actually came out briefly. Then it went back to reality when the Yankees played the Rays. The Rays, again, after that series in Detroit, we needed the Rays at home. Really, there are three more of these. And the first one looked exactly like you thought it would. And oh, it's not over. We waited to do it today because we knew exactly what was going to happen yesterday. So we said, you know what? It's probably going to be four in a row. Let's just pile this into the rest. So we, we have everything waited to, talk to do about. it because what if the Yankees had all this momentum coming from the Detroit series, but then they <laughs> lost to the Rays? We'd seem silly doing it after the Detroit series and not factoring in the Rays game. Oh, my God. 
Oh, wait a second. Uh, no momentum whatsoever. This is I don't even know. Uh, is this the worst? It's just crazy because we sit here and I mean, conventional wisdom in life suggests, oh, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. This is just, you know, the ups and downs of, of your average season. But it's not because when the Yankees look good, they they look good. They don't look great. They don't look unbeatable. They don't look like they're juggernauts. They're just, yeah, winning games, catching breaks, get a timely hit here and there, uh, have some quality pitching, bullpen, the starting rotation does a good enough job, bullpen, bullpen shut, shuts it down, whatever. But then you run into stretches like this where across their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, they've lost six of them. Uh, they've scored a total of 13 runs, which is that's that's less than two per game, fewer than two runs per game over a stretch. I, I just like with this offense and yes, injuries are affecting this roster. Absolutely. There's and but you know what? You look around the rest of Major League Baseball and guess what, guys? You're not going to be happy to hear it, but the Mets have about 46 people on the aisle and they still are managing to beat the Braves. They're still managing to get the job done on the road against the Diamondbacks. So uh, there's there's just no excuses for the Yankees anymore. And I'm looking at like I'm just looking at stats now because I'm like, okay, how bad is it? Is it really that bad? Uh, It kind of is because like you look at Aaron Judge, probably the only one who is the exception here. Uh, 27 runs scored, 13 bombs, 29 RBIs, slashing 300, 395, 556. That's not much you can really complain about there. I would have loved for him. Look, I only watched about 25% of the games this weekend and on Monday because what analysis do I have for anybody from watching the Yankees play the Tigers and and one game against the Rays, especially in the game against the Rays that we knew was going to happen with Rich Hill starting. You just knew it was going to happen. The Yankees were favorites. I look at the betting odds every week and the Yankees are the favorites. And I just laugh because I don't understand who's coming every up with the day. Lines. They're like minus one thirty every time they come home. At Have least. you seen a home game this year? Yeah, it's just it's insane. They were minus 130 yesterday against the Rays. I'm like, who like who anybody does anybody have like ten thousand dollars I can bet for them to just like give them the insight? I'll take like 20 percent of that because I can't risk that money on my own, but I can confidently risk somebody else's money uh, on that. Um, and I'm just looking at it. There's no one I, I watched the, 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 the few innings that I watched were Friday night when it came down to judge and Stanton up with what was it? Runners on first and third. Runners out first and third, ninth inning, tie game, Detroit Tigers bullpen, Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. Let's go, boys. What do you got? Two of the worst at-bats you'll ever see. Stanton down on three. Judge just looking at pitches in the zone, and that's going to happen. Look, like I said, you look at Judge's stats. He's OPS plus of 168. The guy's having a great season. It's relatively quiet, though, because the rest of the lineup is bad. But you're looking at everybody else. DJ LeMahieu batting 262. OPSing 684. Gary Not Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is a higher OPS than TJ LeMahieu. And Gary Sanchez is like the third best hitter on the team, by yeah. the way, for everybody who wants to do that now. Yeah. yeah. And look at Stanton. Look, I know Stanton had that hot streak, but that hot streak came out of a horrible stretch of baseball where it looked like he wasn't even a major league hitter and conventional wisdom once again suggests you're not going to go through these kind of you're not going to have an extended slump like that for much longer you look at Stanton stats and yes he missed some time with the injury he's trying to work his way back he, he does not look like a baseball player after being out for two weeks I think we can all agree on that he's got an 819 OPS guess how many players have a higher OPS than that just guess. Can you guess 40, off the top of your head? 42? 45. Yeah. And, and one of them is Ryan McMahon. Another, another <laughs> one. Of, 
available if you want him. Another one of them is Mark Canha. Another one of them is Cedric Mullins. Another one of them is Brandon Crawford. So, like, I'm not saying those guys are bad baseball players, but, like, Giancarlo Stanton can't be out OPS by these guys who you can just you know, fill uh, who could who could fill replacement level positions. Mark Canna is such a random that he's, you know, he's a major league baseball player. He's relatively well known. He's famous. He has a typo in his Twitter handle because that's how low the expectations were for him. His Twitter handle is supposed to be. I assume this has bothered me for years, which is why I'm bringing. I assume it was supposed to be out of the park. Mark, like a guy named Mark who hits home runs and it's out of the pack P A K. And he's so he so had no expectations for his career that he just never fixed it. And that's his Twitter handle now. That's who's out OPSing Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. And it's it's just ridiculous because people are complaining and at this point, people have every right to complain. And now you're seeing it like kind of like all over all over the baseball like universe. It's not just like the Twitterverse just spewing bullshit. Like what, what did Ken Rosenthal drop today? He dropped the averages of uh, the runs uh, team runs per average so far this season mm-hmm. in the top five runs per game. Guys, we laugh at the Rays for sucking on offense, but guess what? They're fifth in the league with 4.6, 4.96 runs per game. The Yankees are in the bottom five. The pirates are out hitting them. The Yankees are 3.55 runs per game. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. They, they are out. They're being out hit by the tigers. No, they're just no, no, no. We're slightly better than the pirate. We are slightly better than the pirates, Mets and Tigers and tied with the Orioles. We are the tied for fourth worst offense in baseball and runs per game. And you know who's top five? You want to hear the top five? I don't think you actually do. It's the Houston Astros. Number one. Great. Love them. Favorite team. Feeling so good about that. The Dodgers. Number two. Yeah, they're built to score runs. That makes perfect sense. Three, four, five. Red Sox. Uh, Blue Jays, Rays, three, four, five in runs per game. Good fucking luck, Yankees. That's who you have to beat out to make the playoffs, to even make the one gamer, the top three of the top five in runs per game. That's who you have to beat out, and you are bottom five with the team that's last in your division. Good luck, morons. It's, it's terrible. And we, we, were, how, we were laughing at the Rays in the beginning of the season because all they do is strike out, but guess what? They're managing to just get the necessary runs across when they, when they need to. Um, I know they've had a couple of outlier games. They scored, what, like 14 against the Jays last week. But the Yankees offense is just overall pathetic. You go you go through these last four games. You want to guess their team, their team stats with runners in scoring position. You probably don't no. because you probably can, <laughs> you probably were would be right with just a complete hyperbolic answer. The answer is three for 28 over the course of four games against. The Tigers, who are, I know that, look, the Tigers have rebounded a bit, but they're still not, you know, they're not gets, they're not get swept by them on the road material. Three for 28 in total for those three games, plus this, plus the game against the Rays. We cannot manage to hit Rich Hill. I know we faced a couple of decent pitchers uh, in Detroit, but it's still no excuse. Um, and it's just lifeless. Like you look at the problems with the Yankees, and it's not just like, oh, they're not hitting the ball. It's no, there's no motivation. There is no accountability, which is what we've talked about before. There's no, there's no spark. There's nobody like, there's nobody picking up the slack. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the Yankees take personalities into account when they're, when they're going to sign people or trade for people or whatever. There is no personality on this team 
that's aside from Luke Voigt, who now we don't have for another two months. So good luck with that. There's nobody never see him again. You know what? Like I got to pull, I got to pull the team out of this. Like we're not scoring runs. Like I have to step up today. And there is simply, there is nobody on this team that does that. And that's a big, that's the identity problem to me is, is the biggest. Glaber Torres went ballistic on Sun, and now I feel like I'm about to do a Michael K rant. I feel like you're like handing me the mic so I could do like Michael K show and Don LaGreca. Glaber Torres went nuts on Sunday, right? Bashed his glove in the dugout. He's so furious. Got one hit since then and made a crazy error in Monday's game. Backhanded a ball that he should have been in front of and, and threw 15 feet over DJ LeMahieu's head at first base. Um, DJ LeMahieu, you want to get going on him? I mean, 260 with uh 350 on base percentage is absolute it's not the worst player in baseball but when the team intends to have a, an mvp candidate lead off and instead has a 260 hitter without power playing first base and batting first that's uh that's not what you drew up there um the yeah the tigers series over the weekend um for all intents and purposes the yankees had a good may record wise but not offensively um and they were winning games in what I think you could now pretty confidently call lucky fashion. Um, and Aaron Judge walk-off walk, Giancarlo Stanton walking off against the Nationals. All these very nice that they, they escaped a bunch of crazy situations against the Nats and walked off the day before. Justin Wilson got through extra innings without giving up a run. All these things that will never happen again. But a good record in May. At, at the very least, they are treading water in the American League East entering June because they had a good record in May. I believe they went 17-11 and 11. Not bad, and obviously they were in a worse spot in theory when they were six and eleven back in the day. Okay, I understand. They didn't hit at all during the month of May at all. They won two games against the Astros, scoring seven and six runs. That felt like the beginning of a turnaround. They destroyed Tarek Skubal on a Friday night in the Bronx and won a game with Garrett Cole in the mound, ten nothing. Great. Um, after those two Astros games, 7-3-6-3, and those runs came in somewhat lucky scenarios. Remember, one was the Rugnet Odor play at the plate when he got clobbered by the catcher at DJ LeMahieu infield squibber with the bases loaded that rolled down the line and scored three runs. So I'm not even going to give them credit for scoring a lot of runs in those games. 7-3-6-3, love to beat the Astros. That felt good. Then came a 7-4 loss, an 11-4 loss, 4-3 win, 3-2 win. Three runs, one run, one run, five runs, eight runs, six runs against the Orioles. Two runs against Texas, seven runs against Texas in the only good, one of the only good performances in the entire month when they battled back for Jameson Tyone. Two runs, two runs, two runs, seven runs, five runs, two runs. You know, it's just two over and over and over again. And now it's two or fewer um, in the last four straight which the Yankees haven't done since 1971. Two runs are fewer in nine of the past 12 games. Glaber Torres has the second lowest average exit velocity of any major league player. So I was excited about him picking up the slack a little bit recently and, and knocking a bunch of singles around the yard, and, and that's great. But he still has the second worst underlying numbers of any player in the game of baseball. Uh, it's insane. Um, the pitching is at a level where... Uh, it, it's like one of the it's it's not only a good pitching staff. It's one of the two best staffs in Yankees history by ERA plus for, for the entire team. They've been outstanding. And the offense, uh, somebody went through these statistics uh, and, and sort of compared this year's Yankees team to all of the Yankees playoff teams of the past. All all of them. Every Yankees team that has made the playoffs. This team ranks either the worst or the second worst in every offensive category. That's. Not going to do it. And, and like we said, I don't know if the Boston Red Sox are a great team. I, I still don't think they are. I think a lot of people are agreed that, you know, 
they they might not be the class they at least or they might be or whatever I, I don't know all i know is that for all the excuses i heard about you know the juiced ball changing offense and nobody hits anymore and all that stuff and you know the yankees you can't even properly contextualize their offensive numbers until you realize that nobody hits anymore in 2021 baseball well you know who hits the rays red sox and blue jays and astros and dodgers and padres they all hit all the great teams that we were told were going to be contenders and add the red sox in there now uh, you know no one told you they were going to be great before the season but everyone told you they were going to hit people knew the red sox were going to hit people didn't think they were going to pitch and now they're pitching at an adequate level and they're a pretty good team even though the rays have currently passed them for the ale sleep red sox are still pretty good the teams people thought would hit entering 2021 are all hitting except the yankees they're the only ones they were supposed to be one of the elite teams that could hit along with the rest of these teams that are bashing they're not doing anything and it's still early and they're 29 and 25 and i i know i know i know i've heard all these things it's june 1st it's june 1st the record can turn around if the underlying metrics indicate there's a bounce back coming, nothing about the Yankees indicates there's a bounce back coming. They probably just played their best stretch of the year without hitting and never started hitting and haven't started hitting yet. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, this again. I mean, what else, what else are we going to do after the break? More of this. Stick around. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. It's so it's the Rays, right? The Rays are seven and three against us. The Yankees are one and no two and four against the Blue Jays in the Bronx. Bad. Uh, the Yankees can't beat the Rays in the Bronx. Bad. The only game the Yankees have won since the White Sox sweep was seven innings long, and they wouldn't have won it if it had been nine innings because Aroldis Chapman wasn't available, and they used all their bullpen arms in the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So uh, Rob Manfred gave the Yankees their only win this week for all intents and purposes. They should have gone to 28 and 19 and then lost seven straight and counting because I don't really see how they're going to beat Tyler glass. Now I don't see how they're going to beat Shane McClanahan. I don't see how they're going to beat TBA who starts against Garrett Cole on Thursday. I don't see how they're going to beat the Red Sox. They can't hit. And these other teams that are facing them can hit. So changes need to be made. Do what do you do? Thomas, do you do something now? Do you punt the season? Because there's like you can cite as many turnarounds as you want. Oh, the Washington Nationals were 19 and 31. I, there is nothing in the metrics indicating the Yankees are close to hitting without making some serious changes. I don't want. I'm not, I'm not reactionary Yankee guy. I mean, I am, but I'm trying not to be. How how long can this go on without a change being made? How often are how often are you going to sit and watch the same thing without doing anything? Anything? Calling up anyone? It doesn't even have to be a firing. Make an adjustment. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I just think it's got to be monumental changes. I don't know when they're going to come. We're a third of the way through the season. We're two months in um, and the same problems. I, I know that they're over 500. And for the average fan, we sound like babies for complaining. But 
this isn't the Yankees aren't like the Indians who are just a tortured franchise because they're they've been bad for so long or, you know, they get they're finally good and they get to the they get to game seven of the World Series. And it's one of the craziest games that results in a loss like that's not the Yankees franchise. So comparing the Yankees to other teams like that is not it's it's not valid. It's not a valid comparison. The Yankees year in and year out field a team with a lot of money that should be performing to expectations or at least somewhat meeting expectations. And we're seeing probably this window uh, of that's supposed to be a championship window. That's probably going to close after next season. Uh, It's slow. It's it's like it's being slammed shut, but there's always going to be ways to kind of climb out of it. Nonetheless, the Yankees shouldn't be climbing out of a hole, uh, this hypothetical hole, because Everything's in place right now. Yes, they have some injuries, but the starting rotation is doing the job. The bullpen is one of the best in the league. So now it's on the hitters and there's no explanation why these guys aren't hitting. And there, I think there does have to be a shakeup in terms of a big trade. Look, Jeff Passan came on the air on baseball tonight a couple hours after the Yankees lost to the Rays yesterday. And he was talking about Glaber Torres playing a substandard shortstop, which is what we've seen all year. I know Glaber Torres had his nice little his nice little run where he was slapping singles here and there, but there was no overarching uh, 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 argument to suggest that oh he had adjusted his swing, he had adjusted his you know mentality, and he's he's completely turned it around. He was slapping singles left and right. He was throwing his bat in the zone to get bat on ball. Like he hit a short porch home run that barely made it over. I'm, I, I'm, he still did that. He still won us games and he still, he still got the job done. But like it was, of, of course, no player is going to undergo that type of backswing and downfall for, you know, three straight months. There's going to be some bright moments in there. And overall, he's still slashing 259, 342, 331. Ruben Odor has a higher OPS than him. It's just like it it can't continue any longer. And I know that sometimes we we saw a nice stretch of shortstop from him. But then you have then you have Sunday and Monday where you're like, what what are you doing? What is going on? How is this? How is this? I under I I like him going off in the dugout. I love that. Of course I do. That's the stuff. Of course that, I that's do. That's the stuff that we're dying to see from players because so often it's sauntering back to the dugout, taking your helmet off putting it back in the, putting it back in the, whatever it is, or, you know, uh, undoing your batting gloves and dropping them on the floor. It's just, there's no emotion. Like I'd like to see someone destroy a water cooler or snap a bat over their leg or, you know, bite a piece out of their glove. I don't know, but yeah, the eat end your glove, day, idiot. Your glo- put ketchup on it and just go to town, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> At the same time though, like Jeff Passon talked about the substandard shortstop and he, and this is why trade like rumors are rumors, right? Rumors are rumors because fans start to connect the dots or you have some insider saying, oh, this guy's available or, oh, this team is going to sell or, oh, look, this team has a need and this team is selling. So let's put it all together. No, now it's Jeff Passan coming on the air on live TV on ESPN saying that Brian Cashman now legitimately has to sit back and think about acquiring Trevor Story before July 31st because we're not seeing the consistent improvement that we need to see from Glaber Torres. And before that's not, June 10th, before, <laughs> before he, he, uh, he actually made it. Yeah. He made it seem like it had to be much, much sooner because of the issues that we're seeing at the moment, but theoretically they have until July 31st to make it happen, but there's going to be competition for him. There's going to be another team that's going to want 
his talent and his services in the lineup because there's a lot of demand for good hitting. And Trevor Story is a good hitter. He's also a very good fielder. And we're looking at Glaber Torres. And yes, he goes in stretches of, oh God, like, yeah, he can maybe handle this. But then he has a couple of games like this that are kind of inexplicable that you don't really see from most other players who are entrenched in these long-term uh, situations at their positions. You don't see you don't see the bouts of passive defense from other like like league leading shortstops. You don't see throws like that. Uh, you know, a couple games in a row from other uh, other shortstops who were the best in the game. So now it's a legitimate rumor, in my opinion, that Jeff Passan, who's one of the most trusted insiders, went on the air and made this connection because that's about when when analysts of that high in that high regard start connecting the dots. That's when you know that this is not just a Yankees Twitter problem where everyone's just bitching into a void. This is an actual problem that other baseball fans are witnessing firsthand and got to see because it all finally came to a head in one of the most embarrassing, you know, six game stretches that any team in the league has played this year. We need to make massive changes. There's there's no doubting it. We need one or two additional pieces on offense. Center field and first base have been among the worst in the entire game. Not just not changing and left field, not changing that is unjustifiable. I do, however, have a problem with people who claim that they want a full teardown and are saying, you know, I hope the Yankees get swept by the Rays. Somebody needs to wake up. Let's go from the bottom to the top again. And the main issue with that is, do you not see how fucking hard it is to get a full rebuild right? And did you not see how hard it was to get this one right? Because the Yankees just tried that. They sold every available asset at the deadline in 2016. They're goal was to come up with the quickest hybrid rebuild ever for New York City and, and the team actually had to do that because there was no way that that 2015-2016 core was going to be a championship contender so that they had to do that and they did and they bet on a lot of people and they bet on Clint Frazier and they bet on Glaber Torres and they bet on Justice Sheffield as a chip and they bet on you know all sorts of people and Luke Voigt and Gio Urshela as hidden gems and Aaron Judge is the next leader and Giancarlo Stanton is the guy who could bring the lineup home. That's who they bet on. They bet on all of those people and they won 100 games a couple of times and they got lapped by the Red Sox and they got beaten by the cheating Astros and now they are like not even close to the top of the Pantheon with the current lineup, right? They bet on a lot of people and they won a lot of games and everybody congratulated them on a job well done. And somebody wrote a book, I believe it was Brian Hoke, about how the baby bombers led the team to the next dynasty after the 2017 season. And everybody got fooled because it's really hard to win a World Series. And it's even harder to build a dynasty. And the Yankees won 100 games in 2018 and 2019 and never sniffed a World Series for various reasons because they got outplayed by the Red Sox who may or may not have had a cheating scheme and they got outplayed by the Astros who definitely had a cheating scheme and they probably should have installed a cheating scheme of their own because everybody else got away with it and Alex Cora is the Red Sox manager again. That's a story for another day. Maybe they did. Maybe they were bad at it. I don't know. But it's really difficult to get a team to over the line to a World Series. That's what Brian Cashman has ahead of him right now. He's close. This roster shouldn't be this dead. They are. And they and they have been for two months and honestly, two years, because I don't think most of us like 2020 either. And we chalked it up to eh, it's a weird year. Well, the offense is doing the exact same thing this year that they did last year, but even more so. So how about that? Um, the Yankees tried a full rebuild. They stake their claim on a lot of people who brought the Yankees to the finish line, but not over because they didn't have something 
some indefinable quality. Either they were outfoxed by two organizations who were willing to go farther to win, or they didn't have the right combination of voices in the clubhouse, or they didn't have the right combination of personalities who could actually, you know, channel a regular season winning mentality into the playoffs. Are the Yankees a whole bunch of Julius Randles? I don't want to think about that right now. But what I do know is that if changes aren't made, the, I'm not saying the Yankees aren't winning the World Series in 2021 or 2022. I'm saying these Yankees, the people on the field for the New York Yankees right now, are not winning the World Series this year or next year. No, it, it's 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 simply not the case. It's not going to happen unless there is unless there's a change overnight or a flip or a switch that could be flipped that we don't know about. I don't see it happening because no, you look at, like you said, we look at the top five offenses in the league. No other team endures these, the types of struggles that the Yankees are. And it's, it's inexplicable to, to a certain extent. And like I said before, I think like, I don't want to sound like the old guy because I'm like, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not like, I'm not Mr. Macho man at all, but you need guys on a team who are, who are willing to deal with adversity and willing to take on the challenge and the Yankees don't have it. And the latest is speaking of Brian Hoke. The latest example we have of this is after yesterday's game, Hoke, there's a three minute interview after the game with Jamison Tyone talking about a start, talking about the team struggles, whatever. And Hoke pulls a quote and it's Tyone who looks defeated in this zoom call looks very defeated. And the quote is, it'd be nice to pitch with a lead, but that's how it's going right now. It's my job to go out there and pull up, put up zeros. Tyone's not wrong. I don't think that's an inflammatory quote. However, he viewed it. Tyone called out Hoke and viewed it as something as a cherry pick quote to make him look bad. And to me, when players start getting in their own heads about how the media is framing certain things or what the media is talking about, that means your focus is not on what it should be. Jameson Tyone, I am still encouraged by him slowly getting back on track and him putting the last couple of years behind him, which has been very difficult for him, but the guy's got a 5.10 ERA. So I don't know. And he's been probably among the, the, the very few Yankees players who have been protected over this course of, over the course of criticism throughout the entire year, because everybody knew what he was dealing with. Everybody knows that it's a struggle to get back on the mound, to put, to put up the numbers you need to put up to succeed in New York and to, get beyond two Tommy John surgeries and beat testicular cancer and great. But he calls out Hoke and, and says, quote, I'm getting worn out for this. I'm the first person to know and understand that I need to do better. I will be better. The work will be put in. I promise you that. I promise you that. This is a cherry pick quote. Please go watch the entire interview. I don't think this quote sums up a negative aspect of the interview. I think it's shining light on A, the Yankees struggles on offense, and B, that Tyone is admitting, look, like I cannot put the team in a hole. And guess what? Tyone has put the team in a hole almost every time he's on the mound. Eight out of his 10 starts, he's either surrendered a run or multiple runs in the first two or three innings or has given up the lead at some point. So that is not what a starting pitcher's job is supposed to do. Once you get a lead, you're supposed to hang on to it and you're not supposed to have opposing lineups get after you early on in the game and put the offense in a hole because that's not how that's not how a, a symbiotic relationship works here. I know the rest of the Yankees rotation has generally done a good job, but the fact that Tyone is getting worn out for this, that is that's a DNA issue within the team where what are you getting frustrated about? You're not called out from the media at all. The media has not that you don't see back pages of Jamison Tyone like, oh, another blown start from Tyone. No, this is a one. This is one quote cherry picked uh, phrase from him that he is not able to handle for some reason. And I think that goes into I think that's the switch that needs to be flipped. We can't have guys like being 
super lethargic when, uh, you know, they strike out and they're walking back to the dugout. We can't have guys complaining about how the media is, is framing whatever they're saying. Like focus on the game. The game is, the game is eating you alive right now. The media has nothing to do with this. If the media is your best friend when you're playing well, in fact, you're a superstar if you're playing well. So to be, to be looking at what, writers or analysts or whatever saying, unless it's something egregious, like taking a shot at your family or something, that's a different story. If someone's just quoting you two sentences from a three minute interview to put like the, the greater picture in perspective, and you're finding a problem with that, your priorities are out of whack. The harder this team presses, the worse it gets. Uh, they clearly haven't shown an ability to the most, you know what teams thrive in the like clutch is a myth to a certain extent only to a certain extent, because a good hitter, she'd be a good hitter at any point in time. But there is such a thing as trying too hard in situations that are quote unquote clutch situations. The Yankees, I believe, don't have a home run in the ninth inning this year. It's June. It's June. And that could include 10-1 losses, right? That shows me two things. It shows that they are not themselves when push comes to shove it shows me that when they're down they give up prior to the ninth inning and stop trying to hit home runs and get right and it shows me that they just don't hit home runs in general really there's a lot wrong with this team um and much of it comes from hitting the ball on the ground and much of it comes from you know i don't think it's selling out for power anymore because the rays sell out for power and the rays hit home runs we sell out for nothing and we don't hit there really is no explanation for the collective backslide that this team has taken. And I don't think I, I'm not, I don't even have the capability of coming up with one. The, the closest thing to an explanation I have is that there are no lefties in the lineup. It'd be nice to have those to balance things out. Uh, everyone watching Yankees Rays sort of is able to rightfully point out that at this point, Rays relievers are able to tunnel the Yankees lineup and go, I have four righties in a row who don't want to face this nasty righty reliever. Here he comes. Like the percentages are so heavily in Tampa's favor. It's going to take a massive mistake for this reliever. Do not execute and get through this part of the lineup that is already dreading facing a nasty righty reliever like this and is already dreading letting the fans down ahead of it happening. Uh, there are so many players who are tight on this team. Once again, they were relying on Glaber Torres to be their second baseman of the future entering 2019. DJ LeMahieu came in and changed all those plans. Of course, the second we pay him, he goes from being an MVP candidate who changes the entire equation to a solid infielder who hits decently for very little power and does not change the lineup. It's not a problem to pay a guy like that if you're willing to be the New York Yankees. It's not a problem to pay Giancarlo Stanton a lot of money if you're willing to be the New York Yankees. You can absolutely live with both of those contracts on the books as long as you're willing to operate as if you are one of the teams that makes the most money in Major League Baseball. But this team is not operating that way this year. There might be a work stoppage between 2021 and 2022. We might reset the luxury tax entirely. They might be doing this for absolutely no reason, but they need to get a bat or two at the deadline. A pitcher would be nice too, considering I don't think we're going to see Corey Kluber for a while, just about a week and a half after he seemed to be the team's number two starter entering October. Isn't it so fun to be a Yankee fan? 
I know I have a woe is me attitude sometimes, but that woe is me attitude comes from backslides, the likes of which we have not seen throughout the league for big names like this. This hasn't happened to other rosters. The Yankees have not even really dealt with major injuries this year. Luke Voigt's been out basically the entire season. Giancarlo Stanton was out for two weeks and then returned and decided he needed, I guess, another month to look like a major league player again. He has been awful. Don't boo him, but he has been awful. Um, They haven't really even dealt with major adversity this year, and everybody's gotten worse, and no one can explain why that's happening until someone can, you know, we need to finish. We just need to finish a season. If we finish one season, all of this angst will go away. I understand. It it is definitely uh, a a first-world complaint to be complaining about going a decade without a World Series. I get that. I totally get that. Completely understand. But if the Yankees were bad... That wouldn't be my complaint. If the Yankees had been bad from 2010 to now, my complaint wouldn't be like, woe is me, this one's proud franchise. Like, it's a different kind of wine. It's a low-level wine. The wine now is that the iconic franchises in the game from 2016 to now, I, I think you could agree, Cubs, Dodgers, Red Sox, Rays, uh, Astros. Those are probably the, the teams that have defined this most recent era of Major League Baseball. All of those teams have a World Series berth except the Yankees. All those teams but the Rays have a World Series championship except the Yankees. All those teams' eras aren't finished yet. And the Yankees appear to be the only one of those franchises on the way out. And they didn't get a ring to validate anything that they did. So that's where the frustration lies. Um, Fix it. Sorry, you have to fix it. Because it's not. you can decide it's not over, but right now it's over. Yeah, it's over. And Justin (laughs) Wilson, too. Justin Wilson, too. Um, it is, uh, like just before, just before we sign off, the Yankees were getting lucky in winning games for like a month for the entire month of May using Justin Wilson and that, that blown strike three call in Detroit on Friday and the home run he surrendered two pitches later that ended the season. Aaron Boone and Justin Wilson ended, ended this current group season as we know it teaming up to reverse all the mojo from the first two months of the season using Wilson. There was egregious. I don't really care if Jonathan Loisaga is a little tired. He's a better option than Justin Wilson. Not getting that call is insane. It's the kind of thing that really makes you think the universe is conspiring against you. And then allowing that home run to Robbie Grossman is batshit bonkers. The location of that pitch was terrible. And, and that inning at, at that inning ended this current team's chances of winning the World Series and potentially making the postseason. They can reverse that. They can make additions. They can make subtractions. But without any alterations, with the with I think we're having good at bats, Aaron Boone, and I think we're about to turn the corner, Aaron Boone. You're not. You're not. No. You you halted the team from turning the corner on that Friday night in Detroit, and now you need to make changes or else that corner will never be turned. No, it won't. And until we see some sort of life in this lineup, this is just going to be the discourse, and it's sad because I don't want to be. This is not the discussion I want to be having. I don't want to be no, doing the Yankees could win the world series soon. They really could. They could win it next year. They could win it this year. They could win it two years from now. They could go on a five-year run of four world series championships. It, it could happen. It really could with this current group. And with, with no alterations made, it could not. That's it. That's all we're saying. They could win it this year. You could play this podcast back if you want. I guarantee you, if they win it this year, they did something. There was an inflection point where it was like, and then everybody got mad and the Yankees traded for Two guys. There is no, I, there is almost no way at the end of the season we're like, wow, cue the parade floats. This is awesome. Uh, Lucas Litke threw a no hitter in the middle of the season. Everything changed uh, for no reason. On June 1st, the Yankees scored 12 runs against Tyler Glass now. They all woke up. Glaber Torres hit 18 home runs in June and July. Like, that's not going to happen. 
if there is a destiny for this team, it's because moves were made. So how much does Hal Steinbrenner want to unshackle Brian Cashman? And what is Brian Cashman able to get done here? Is anything able to be changed? Because if not, you walked into this season with 12 lottery tickets and an offense that underperformed in 2020 and decided this is a good use of Garrett Cole's prime. This is a great use of Garrett Cole's prime. Yeah, I, I, the, he, Brian Cashman, people are complaining about Cashman, which is like, whatever. I understand the lefty bat situation is egregious, but it's clear that he is, he's operating under some sort of constraint and restriction and it's not going to help him. So they, if, if he's constrained at the deadline and they don't make moves for three years in a row, then you just kick, kiss the season goodbye and then probably kiss the window goodbye because then they're going to have to make sure they make monumental moves in the off season. And I just don't know what they would be able to do to to kind of further add to this team, especially with competition from all over the place, because teams will be trying to upgrade next offseason when all the COVID stuff is behind us. Um, and, you know, some teams reset themselves in the luxury tax. So good luck. Yeah. Oh, get ready, folks. Uh, yeah, I don't know who other than Cashman is going to be able to do anything here because you've still got those time runners. You've still got the foot. You've still got the fake tax that they've invented that other teams have passed that they've decided they won't pass. That's it. Until next time, um, series is not going to go well. Sorry. Enjoy it. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please get yourself a glass of tea. Relax because it's not going to be a pretty series against the Rays, as Adam just said. These are tailor-made for us to lose. We know the story every time. We know the script. The Rays trap us in their Westworld version of baseball, and that's just the way it is. But anyway, you can find us on yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty of doomsday content there for you. Talk to us on the official Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. We'll be there especially for game time to bring you further down when we're talking about Yankees and Rays. So until then, we'll see you later in the week, and hopefully it's not quite as bad as this one here. Remember when Justin Wilson was one pitch away from stopping all this? See you Friday! Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.